Hey everybody, you're listening to the Legacy Church Podcast. Legacy Church is a multi-generational church that exists to worship God, become like Jesus, and bring hope to our community. Today, we're sharing a message from our current series. We believe that the Word of God is powerful and has real-life application to our lives today. We hope that this message encourages you. Get connected and learn more about us by visiting our website at lgcy.church. reading a few passages here, and so bear with me as we go through this, because I want you to understand the context of what is taking place here. So we're looking at Abram. So it says uh, in Genesis 15, verses 1, let's go down to, uh, I think we're going to go all the way down to probably verse 6. It says, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. It says, do not be afraid, Abram, for I am your shield. You are your very great reward. But Abram said, sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, you have given me no children. So a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is in or who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them. Then he said to them, so shall your offspring be. Let's jump down to, or let's go to chapter 16. It says, Now Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go and sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. So Abram, as any uh, obedient husband would do, he was obedient to his wife. Abram agreed. With Sarah and said so, after Abram had been living in Cana, t- uh, in Cain, ten years, and had given her to her husband to be his wife, he slept with Hagar, and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarah said to Abram, "You are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and now that she knows she is pregnant." She despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Jumping into verse 17, verse 1. I'm just trying to give you the context here. That's why uh, I'm reading this. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be called Abraham, for I have made you the father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants After you for generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan where where you now reside as a foreigner. I will give you as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you. And I will be their God. Jumping down to verse 17. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man who's a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And Abram said to God, If only Ishmael might live under your blessing. Then God said, Yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son, and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. Let's pray today. God, we just thank you for your word. 
We thank you for your holy word today. God, as we dig deeper in these next few moments, be with us. Let our hearts be open to receive what you have for us. Let our eyes be open to see what is there. Let our ears be open to hear your word. So God, we are so thankful that we get this moment to come together, to worship together, and to learn more about your word together. So God, we are so thankful for what you're going to do in these few moments. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. My title today, if you're taking notes, is Down But Not Out. Down But Not Out. When we look at the life of Abraham, it was 25 years. 25 years that he heard the promise. 25 years that he heard. It was 300 months that he heard from God until he actually saw something. It was 1,300 weeks. It was 9,125 days from when he heard the promise to when he actually saw it. That's how long Abraham waited between hearing God's promise and holding his son. Can I tell you something? Nothing grows overnight. Nothing grows overnight. Warren Buffett, if you know who he is, he's one of the wealthiest men in uh, the world that we know about. And talking about getting rich quick and about building a business, he said, no matter how much talent, talent or effort one possesses, some things just take time. Some things just take time. Now, I know there's a number of people in here. Is there anybody currently pregnant that have announced that you're pregnant? I know Linda. Linda's currently pregnant. Or maybe you've experienced pregnancy before and you've been through that process. With pregnancy, it takes the seed to be sown. And then what does it take? It takes time. Warren Buffett, as he continued on to talk about this in this context, he said, you cannot get nine women pregnant and expect one baby in a month. It takes you to get one woman pregnant and nine months of time for that baby to be born. You cannot rush these things. You have to let it take time. It takes nine months to get that little pooping, eating, sleeping, screaming, sucking child to come out, that bundle of joy, doesn't it? But the problem is, is that we live in a microwave society. We live in a society where we can put a bag of popcorn in and two minutes later, it's good to go, covered in butter, it's already salted and it's amazing. But it's also full of chemicals. Come on, some of the best popcorn is when you put olive oil in the pot and you let it heat up. And you hear that crackling of that olive oil, and then you put the seeds in. And as those seeds begin to warm up, you hear those, that pop, popping noise. And then you begin to like pour that butter over top as it gets to a certain height. And then as you get to that height, then you begin to pour the salt on. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Come on, good things. Just take time. We want everything in 60 seconds or less. We want everything at our doorstep in an hour or less. There used to be pizza delivery that said, if we don't get it there in 30 minutes or less, it's free. We live in a society with our iPhones where in a moment's notice, someone on the other side of the world just saw, what you, uh, just saw where you were, just saw who you were with, and just saw what you ate. Speaking of eating, one of my favorite things, as we're going to be eating a lot over the next couple days... One of my favorite things of all time is barbecue. I love barbecue. I have a smoker of my own, and I love to take uh, these cuts of meat that aren't so uh, nice at the beginning, and you season them, and you get them all trimmed up, and you put them uh, in the process with the smoke and the fire to make something that one once was not at the beginning. See, the, the, the most important ingredient in barbecue is not necessarily the meat, it's not necessarily the ingredients, it's not necessarily even the fire, it's the time. It's the time that turns something that isn't so desirable into something that I will drive hours to go eat. <laughs> Genesis 8, 22 says, As long as the earth endures, or as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. There will be cold and heat. There will be summer and winter. There will be day and night will never cease. 
There's seed, there's time, and then there's harvest. Some things just take time. In the Bible, there's as many as 230 verses talking about seeds and planting. Seed is a powerful thing. If you know that there are uh, giant vaults all throughout the world, all throughout the globe that hold, and it's, gar it's guarded in a vault that holds millions and millions and millions of seeds. Seeds are powerful things. Now, if you understand anything about planting, if you understand anything about gardening, if you understand anything, when you plant a tomato seed, what's going to happen? You plant a tomato seed, a cucumber plant doesn't come up. When you plant a tomato seed, there is the process of the digging. There is the process uh, of the soil and what that entails. There is the process of the watering. See, when you plant a seed, the seed is a, a potential of what can be. So when you plant a tomato seed, you don't expect a cucumber to grow up. You expect a tomato plant which then in turn will produce many tomatoes. Not one, but many tomatoes. For some of you, there have been seeds that have been planted long ago that you have forgotten about. There have been seeds that have been planted years ago. There have been dreams and desires that have been planted years ago that you have thought have died. You had this great dream for your life but you just never seem to get the breakthrough. You never seem to see that little bud pop through the soil with expectation on the other side. Those seeds have been planted long, long ago, and some of us have given up because we haven't even seen it break through. Desires have been sown. And it seems like nothing is happening the way we expected it to do. To, to do. See, when it comes to planting, most of us, we're good with the process. We understand the process. We understand that you have to get a little dirty. You have to dig a hole. You, we understand that you have to put the seed in the hole. We understand that at the end, and we expect that at the end, there's going to be a harvest of that seed that was planted. But here's the problem, and here's where most of us get hung up. It's in the time. We're good with the seed. We're good with the planting. We're great with the harvest because the harvest is the visual of what we've been waiting for, the potential seen in front of us. But where most of us get hung up is in the soil. Where most of us get hung up is in the time between the seed and the harvest. We're good with the planting. We're good with the harvest. But there's that one word in the middle that I think drives all of us nuts. Seed. Time. Harvest. See, the place that most of us get hung up is in the soil. It's in the dirt. Why? Because it's in the dirt seasons of our life that we don't see anything happening on the surface. It's in the dirt seasons of our life where although we might believe that something is happening and that we just can't see it, so we get caught up and we take it into our own hands. Come on, dirt is messy. If you have kids, you know dirt is everywhere. Dirt is messy. Sometimes I look at my son's feet and wonder, what did you do? Where did you walk? Where did you go? Dirt is messy. The dirt is uncomfortable. See, we don't want people to see us in the dirt seasons of life. We don't want people to see us in the dark seasons of life. We don't want people to see us when we feel like we're buried. What if you haven't seen a breakthrough on the surface? Maybe it's because that is the ground that God is going to use to get you to where you need to be. What if God put you there? Because that was the environment that the seed needed to become the promise. 
seed, time, and harvest. Come on. What happens to a seed when it's planted? When a seed is planted in the soil, that seed, that seed coat, or that outer shell begins to split. It begins to chip away. See, some of us, there is that process, and it feels painful sometimes to have that stripping away of what once protected us, to have that stripping away of, once, of what once was comfortable. The seed coat, it splits, or there's a breaking away of what once was revealing the, uh, the promise of what's inside, revealing the harvest of what's to come. I think the soil is the time that is most crucial for all of us, and I have a picture of this because I want you to see this. Now, if you look all the way to the left, you can see the seed. It doesn't look that significant in that moment. It doesn't look that significant in the soil, and yet once it's planted, we know it's there, and we're expecting that it would turn into that, but there is a process in getting to the harvest. That seed, as it begins to break away that shell, as it begins to break away that coating, it doesn't grow up first. It grows what? Down. And this is where we get kind of caught up. It's between the planting and the budding. When we feel like there's nothing going on. When we feel like we're stuck. When we feel like we're caught up. When we feel like we're in a dark place. When we feel like we're in a middle it's what happens in the dirt that determines if the seed will survive. But during the dirt season, after the breaking away, the seed first grows roots. It has to grow down before it can grow up. Roots are there to feed and begin to anchor the plant into the ground. What I believe that God is trying to tell us and trying to teach us is that you can't grow up until you first go down. You have to be rooted in something. You have to have roots that will sustain what is going to come. We're good with the seed planting. We're good with the harvest, but it's the rooting. It's what happens underneath. It's what happens underground. It's what happens in the places that you can't see that will sustain it for the future. Can I tell you something? The only thing that can take a tree out is if it doesn't have the roots to sustain it. The only thing that could take a person out is if it doesn't have the roots in the word of God. If it doesn't have its roots sustained strongly. If it, it doesn't have the character that it needs. For some of us, that's what we, we need our character to be formed. Say, so, well, I want that job promotion. But your character isn't in the right place. So if you were to get that job promotion in this moment, it would probably take you out. Roots of integrity that are needed to be formed. Roots of kindness. Roots of humility. Maybe that coworker at your job, you were going to cuss them out. Maybe the old you used to cuss them out. But something is happening beneath the surface. Something is happening in the soil. Something is happening in the dirt. Something is happening in the mess that the old you would cuss them out. But the new you said, how can I pray for you? Some of us need roots of patience. See, what God wants to build in you is something that will go so deep that it can flourish and go farther than it's ever gone before. But it's in the process, it's in the mess, where he is doing something. Can I tell you something? The only way to go up is to grow down. The only way to go up, the only way for the harvest to happen, is that we must be rooted in the things of God. We must be rooted in his word, that he's working on our character. He's working on things beneath the surface when we can't see them. But can I tell you this, that burial looks no different from planting. Burial looks no different than planting. In order to do both, you must dig a hole. In order to bury someone, you must dig a hole, you must put them in the ground. And when you put them in the ground, that is their final destination. 
But when you dig a hole for a seed and you put it in the ground, you're putting it in the ground because you know that there will be transformation and that what it once was will be something so much greater that will bring a greater harvest. Burial and planting can often look the same. The difference is one has a destiny and one is in its final destination. You bury the dead to get rid of the body, but you plant the seed so that it can go through transformation and come up so much greater than it started. Can I tell you something today? Can I encourage you today? Just because your seed is still under doesn't mean that it's over for you. Just because your seed is still under doesn't mean it's over. Doesn't mean that it's done. Doesn't mean that it is finished. It's not over just because you're still under. Everything that has happened to you, for you, it has been a season to stop. It has been a season to stop doing those things. It has been a season you, you view those things as a season to stop. But maybe consider that when you don't see something happening, that God is starting something in you. That he is rooting something in you. That he is working on your character. That he is working on your integrity. That he is working on those things that you can't see above the surface. Some of us have given up because we didn't see anything happening. Now God in this moment in these passages that we read at the beginning. God gave Abraham something. He gave him a seed. He gave him a vision of what the future was going to be. He gave him a, a, a vision of what was to come. He gave him a seed. See, God gives you a, a vision. He gives you a future seed so that you can endure the pain of the present, so that you can endure the soil season. He gives you that vision so that when you know that the, it's coming on the other side. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. I know it's dark in the dirt. I know there's pain in the dirt. I know there's struggle in the dirt. I know it's been hard. I know it's been difficult. But when it seems dark, remember, you've not been buried. You've been planted. Come on, you've been planted. And he's working beneath the surface. He's working on those things that you can't see. I know it can feel lonely in the dark. And we say to ourselves, why does this situation keep happening to me? Why do I keep finding myself in this same place over and over and over again? Why is my marriage not working? Why do my relationships keep failing? Why does this job seem like a dead end? Why does this season feel so dark? God, I'm, I'm giving. God, I'm tithing. Where are you? I know what your word says, but where are you? If we don't see God doing something, we tend to assume he's not doing anything. But the truth is, he's always working. He's always working. He's always working. In some cases, maybe he's working on somebody else for you. God, I need, I need money this month. What are you doing? Where's my rebate from the government? Where's this? Where's that that, that is promised to me? You don't know that he could be working on someone across the city. Who he's put your name in their heart in their season of prayer. I've told stories about this. God worked across uh, an eight-hour drive where someone was in need of finances. And that person in their prayer time eight hours away said that, felt that they were supposed to write a check for this person. And, 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 so, and so God in that moment... He said, I want you to drive it to them. Well, God, it's eight hours away. Can't I just mail it to them? Can't I just overnight it? You know, he said, I want you to drive it tonight. 
So he wrote the check, drove it eight hours, showed up at this guy's door in this moment that this guy is praying and believing for his, his debt to be taken care of. Come on, you don't know what God is doing beneath the surface. You don't know who he's working on. He's always working. And if we just believe it and we keep our hope in him, then we will see evidence of his work in his time. Can I tell you something? The work that God does in those dark seasons, the work that God does in that dirt season, the work that God does in that soil, only he will get the glory for. Not you. He will. Some of you are so close to quitting during the soil stage because we can't see anything. Yes, some of the things that we go through are messy. Some of the things that we go through are muddy. Most people don't want to stay in the process because it's messy. But can I tell you something? The seed needs to go through the process. Some of you are about to walk away from hope because you can't see it budding up through that ground. You haven't seen breakthrough yet. It's been 25 years. You haven't seen breakthrough yet in this circumstance. It's been 10 years. You haven't seen it in your life. You think, God, are you working? God, are you moving? God, what are you doing? Maybe this is not the place for me. So maybe what I'll do is I'll take my seed and I'll uproot it. Can I tell you something? When you uproot a seed in the process of it rooting and growing, when you uproot it and take it to another place or you take it to another soil, that process starts all over again. Now, I'm not talking about going to church somewhere else, please. Let's just be clear about that. Can I tell you something? When I came up, I was better than when I went down. Dave, when you came up, you were better than when you went down. Kevin, when you came up, you were better than when you went down. It was good for me to be buried. It was good for me to be planted. Because when I was buried, when I was down in that dark season, when I was down in the mud, when I was down in the muck, when I was down in that moment, I began to recognize that I serve a good God, that he is faithful every step of the way, and that I'm better for it coming through. Once there was breakthrough, I was better for it than when I was when I went in. God is working. He's working on you. He's working on you. He's working on you. But are you willing to wait? Are you willing to wait? Philippians 1.6, he who began a good work in you. For some of us, that good work still might be in the dark. It still might be in the muck. It still might be in the dirt. He will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you one thing that is crucial for growth of, of a seed? There are many things that are crucial. The soil is crucial. The conditions are crucial. The light that it gets, the sun that it gets is crucial. But only one of those things can we actually control, and that is how we water. How are you watering in the middle of the waiting? Are you watering in the waiting? You say, it's been 25 years. God put this dream and this desire on me. It's been 25 years. I've just stopped talking about it. I've stopped believing. I've stopped taking steps of faith towards that. Are you watering in the waiting? Or have you quit watering altogether? Because water in this process and then this thing is the only thing really in the context of a home that we can control it's the watering of your plants if you don't water the plants the plants are gonna look like the plants in my house 
See, water is required for a seed to sprout. And as the plant grows, water carries nutrients throughout the plant. Are you watering in the waiting? Are you speaking faith statements? Are you speaking life into the dreams that he planted in you over 20 years ago? Are you speaking in the place that you find yourself currently? How are you watering in the waiting? Are you praising even though it doesn't look promising? Maybe this could be a part two to my message from a couple weeks ago. How are you watering in the waiting? Maybe for some of us, we stopped watering and we started spitting. God, you put that seed in me. You placed that thing in my heart. Where are you? How are you watering in the waiting? Are you speaking death over that seed? Or are you speaking life? I know it can be hard. I know it can be difficult. Day in and day out, when we don't see anything budding, to keep watering, to, 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 to keep faithful. Can I tell you, they've actually done a study that proves that if you speak to your plants, they will grow faster. Did you know that? If you speak to your plants, they will grow faster. There was one study that was done where they, they studied many different voices. They studied uh, many different tones of voices. And the plants that were spoken to grew two inches taller and the fruit was so much bigger. How are you speaking in these moments? How are you speaking in this dirt season? I know it's messy. I know it's dirty. I know it's uncomfortable. But how are you speaking? What are the words that are coming out? Are you watering while you're waiting? Or are you cursing the seed that was planted there long ago? Proverbs 8, 18, 21, we know this, that death and life are in the power of the tongue that those who love it will what? Eat its fruits. How are you watering in the dirt season? How are you watering in that waiting season? Abraham and Sarah, they went through 25 years from the promise to the provision. 25 years. Abraham could have looked at that situation over those 25 years as he got older and older. He could have looked at that situation and he could have took things into his own hands. In fact, we actually see that his wife took things into her own hands. She tried to do things in her own human understanding. Going back to Genesis 16, 1 and 2, Sarah, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children. But she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar, so she said to Abraham... The Lord has kept me from having children. Go and sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. I think Sarah is the perfect example of how we can tend to be in the dirt season. God, I don't see you moving. I don't, I don't, I don't hear you. I don't know where you are. So here's what I'm going to do. Because I have this thing burning on the inside of me. But I haven't seen any movement. I've been waiting. I've been trusting. I want to hold that baby. But I can't wait. I want to hold the baby now. She wasn't happy with the timing, so she took it into her own hands. And what she did was she created illegitimacy. Instead of the promise that was already promised to them long ago. I think this is how we all tend to handle these situations. God, I don't see you. God, I don't hear you. God, I don't know if you're even here. I don't want to wait anymore. God, it's been 25 years. God, I don't, I don't want to. I just can't take it any longer. Come on, I've been there. God, it's been a long time. 
I know what you promised, but where is it? Can you imagine every birthday that Sarah had between those 25 years? Could you imagine that? Every birthday that came wasn't necessarily a celebration. It was a God, where, have, where are you? God, I'm not getting younger, I'm getting older. God, where are you in the midst of this? 75 comes, God, where are you? Eighty comes, God, it's my birthday today. Today would be a great day. Eighty-five comes, God, are you there? I know you promised it, but I don't have much left. See, the problem is, is we don't want to be reminded that we're still under still in process we're still he's still building inside of us the things that we need it's crazy that we can be under for so long that when it actually does happen that he gets the glory Because she became pregnant at the age of 90. Some of you, you're just hoping to make it to 70 or 80. She became pregnant at 90. But the thing is, if God did it when we wanted it, it would be normal. But God did it in his timing because it was a miracle. So that he could get the glory. So it wasn't in our own strength, it wasn't in our own ability, but that he would get the glory. When people would look at her and say, you're 90 years old, there's no way. You won't even make it to graduation. But God did it so that he could get the glory. In our waiting, we can choose to doubt God's goodness. We can choose to doubt his faithfulness. We can give up in those moments or we can choose to remind ourselves of his promises. We can choose to remind ourselves of his character. We can choose to remind ourselves of what the word of God says. If you don't know what the word of God says, I don't know what you're gonna do. I think that's where most of us get caught is we don't know the word of God. We don't know his character. We don't know his promises. We don't know his faithfulness. We just know the 30 minutes on a Sunday morning. And we don't have a relationship for ourselves. But when you know the character of God, when you know the word of God, you know that he is for you, not against you. You know that he will bring that very thing to completion. But will you remain faithful? Will you continue watering when you don't know if even that thing is still alive underneath the surface? What do we do while we're waiting? You have to watch how you're watering. Watch the words that come out of your mouth. Watch the way that you carry yourself. See, Abraham continued to choose and continued. And he chose to give God glory, trusting that he was going to do it all along. I think for some of us, we tend, like Sarah, to try to take things into our own hands. And we wear ourselves out. We wear ourselves down. But when God could do it in a moment. Abraham didn't weaken his faith. He didn't waver in unbelief. Sure, his walk in those seasons wasn't perfect. 
that he grew stronger in his faith. And he gave God glory every step of the way. Every year he gave God glory. God, I don't know if it's now. I don't know if it's later, but I'm going to praise you every day. He continued to give God glory even when he didn't see anything happening. Because he was fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. I would ask that God would do that in our lives, what he did in Abraham's life. That even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel it, even when it seems mucky and muddy and dirty, that we wouldn't give up, but that it would strengthen our faith. God, you said it, and I know that you will bring it to completion. God, you put it in me, so I know that I will see it in your timing. God, that's a God dream. That's a God vision. I don't know when, but you are faithful. You are true. You will see it to completion. Come on, he will see it to completion in your life. It's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to get down and out. It's easy. It's difficult. Can I tell you, in this season of my life, it's been difficult. But one thing that's never changed on me and in me was my water. I know you're working. I may not see it. I may not feel it. I'm crying out to you. I may not hear you. But I know that you are working. I know that you are working all things together for the good of those who believe. God, I know that you're working. God, it's hard here in the dirt. It's hard here where I can't see it's hard. I can't use my sight in the dirt. So we must use our faith. Can't use your sight in the dirt. You must use your faith. You must believe. Just because you've been in dark places, can I tell you something? I don't expect you to stay in dark places. We serve a good God. If you're in that dark place today, you're going to come out of that dark place. You're going to come out of that soil season. And when things try to come against you, and when the storms of life try to come, your roots are going to be so deep down that nothing will destroy you, that nothing will take you out. When it comes, you'll be able to look at the enemy and say, ha-ha, is that all you got? Come on, is that all you got? Because he's been working beneath the surface he's been rooting you down deep he's been working on those things that are gonna sustain the harvest they're gonna sustain the thing that he placed inside of you the Bible says if you believe God is working even when you don't see it even when you don't feel it that God keeps working Hebrews 11 1 and 6 now faith is the confidence and what we hope for, for the assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible, but by faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous. When God spoke well, of his offerings and by faith Abel still speaks even though he might be dead by faith Enoch was taken from this life so that they did not experience death he could not be found because God had taken him away for before he was taken he was commended as one who pleased God and without faith 
it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him, earnestly seek him. Can I tell you something? I know it's difficult sometimes. I know it's hard sometimes. I know there's a struggle sometimes, but what God is doing in the dirt will sustain the harvest of what is about to come. You may feel like you're down, but can I tell you something? You're not out. You might feel like you're underneath. You might feel like you're buried, but you're not out. This isn't a death. It's a planting. Your dream is not dead. Your desire is not dead. The things that he has put on the inside of you is not dead. They're just beginning to work so that they can sustain and support the harvest that is about to come in your situation. Can I tell you something? You may feel like you're under, but you're about to break through. You're about to break through. Romans 8, 28, all things... Yes, even the dirt seasons, even the muck seasons, even the mess, all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. I know you wanted me to keep it short today, but uh, you know what? It's Thanksgiving week. You'll sit around that table for hours eating that turkey. So why can't we sit around God's table for 50 minutes and 44 seconds and eat what he has given us today? Come on, all things. Everybody say all things. All things. All things will work together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Come on, you may feel like you're in the middle of a mess. But breakthrough is coming. That bud is coming. Here's what we don't want to hear. It seems hard in the mess. It seems hard in the muck. You know when the actual work starts? In the harvest. The actual work starts in the harvest. And what he's been building in you in the mess, what he's been building in you in the dirt, what he's been building in you will actually sustain you for the harvest. I believe today, church, that you may feel like you're down. You may feel like that thing has been buried. You may feel like that thing was put in a grave. But in all actuality, it was planted for his purposes. And that thing is about to break through. That thing is about to come to life. That thing that you thought was dead is right at the surface. Don't give up now. Keep watering while you're waiting. Keep, uh, keep being faithful while you're waiting. Keep serving while you're waiting. Because it's about to break through. I believe that. I believe that for your life today. God, we just thank you right now for your word. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for who you are in our lives. We thank you that in this next season, I know that you're working all things together, that you're working on things beneath the surface, that you're rooting things down in us, deep down inside. So God, I thank you. Thank you for your church. faithful, that we are obedient. When you speak, we act. We don't waver. God, I thank you. Thank you. Maybe you're here in this place today. Maybe say, I don't know this God. I don't know Jesus. This Jesus that you're talking about, if that's you in this moment, I just want to give you an opportunity. If you feel that pressing on the inside of you, if you feel that thing on the inside of you, you say, I want to know this Jesus. I want to start my walk with him. 
If that's you today and you felt that on the inside of you, I would ask in this moment just, just so that we can pray with you, I'm just going to ask you just to raise your hand. If that's you today, if you want to say yes to Jesus, if you die tomorrow, do you know that you would go to heaven? not promised if that's you today just give you 30 more seconds just to say yes to him come on we're going to pray together as a church in just a few moments maybe you're in here today and you say I've fallen away from God I I want to recommit my life to him today. If you would, just raise your hand in this moment. That's me. I, every day I recommit my life to him. <laughs> Nothing to be ashamed of. God, I commit my life to you today. Every day, if that's you, come on, let's pray together as a church. Let's pray out loud. God, I thank you for sending Jesus to save me. Today I confess of my sins. Thank you for living for me. Thank you for dying for me. And thank you for redeeming me. Today I give you my life. Change me. Transform me. Renew me. I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To hear more, subscribe to this podcast and connect with us on our website at lgcy.church.